good luck with the world. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. Wow, it's been a week. We have a lot to cover. We've got a trip to cover. We've got last week's episode to cover. We've got some shows to cover. So we are going to get started. Just right dive right in. Right out of the gate. Dive right in is my least favorite phrase, but we're going to say it because I feel like... Why? <laughs> because every person says that before they started a podcast episode. We're just going to oh. dive right in. Okay. Oh, that's so we're going to talk about... Yeah, we're going to talk about last week's episode with Dr. Mark Ritchie. We got some feedback. Claire wants to discuss some points, and then we will move on to more topics in this episode. But why don't you get us started? Yeah, so we did get, um, we got a lot of great listener feedback. We got a lot of additional questions. We got some good insights from different people's opinions. And we're not going to get into all of that necessarily because we aren't the experts to answer the questions. Um, and you know, we're just glad that it resonated with so many people, but so we just kind of wanted to talk about our reactions to that episode. Yeah. I, I just was so excited to have that conversation as you guys could probably tell it's something that I personally am really curious about and really care about. And also like in my non-podcast life, I talk a lot about regenerative agriculture. I go to a lot of events around it. It's huge in my industry. And then just like, yeah, it was so exciting for me to be able to have that conversation. It's very much in your world. Yeah, it's very much in your world. And I don't think a lot of people know a lot about it. So it was really interesting and helpful, I think, to have him on. I also just really want to quickly say that he is one expert in the field. There's going to be so many different opinions, especially with scientists, especially with people who do this type of work. So I think that's just something we want to bring out. We only had 45 to 50 minutes to have a conversation around this. And really what our focus was, was to bring awareness truly about what he is doing in the world and he's doing great things. So if people disagree or if they have different information, that's totally fine. I think all of this is so important to talk about and bring up and disagree with or agree with. And I think that we just wanted to make that point is in a 45, 50 minute episode, we're not going to be able to cover every single corner. We probably couldn't do it if we had a podcast dedicated to this topic only. Yeah, like you would need a podcast dedicated only to this. And I and but I also want to say that like he his opinion is more than just an opinion. That he has been in this world for 25 years and has been reviewing years. research, teaching seminars. He lives and breathes this every single day. And so, you know, I think when we got onto all those different topics, it was so hard because, oh, this is just the tip of the iceberg of any one of these topics. And we covered so many in that episode. Um, But I just thought it was so interesting and and really great to have his perspective. And I loved that so many people were like, oh my gosh, I've never even heard of regenerative agriculture. I'm going to go look that up. Or like, wow, this episode, so many people told us that the episode inspired them to sign up for a CSA, which is so cool. Um, those are the types of little tangible things that I'm like, okay, if we can help kind of push that a little bit, then that is really exciting for, for me and for us. My biggest takeaway from that was, you know, I think when we started talking about individual choice and how any given thing that one person does isn't going to move the needle, but things like joining a CSA, you know, yet he, he went on to recommend joining a CSA. The thing that I really took away from that was like, okay, are like the the 20 straws that I use a year not ending up in the ocean, is that really going to make a difference? Or, you know, is like whether or not I buy 30 t-shirts a month from, old, you know, whatever, like me, Claire, am I going to make the difference? Probably not. But what is important is the mindset that goes into those choices. And so 
that like build that's what you want to cultivate and build on so like make zero waste choices you know right make zero waste choices and the idea that yes we were just talking about straws we weren't talking about every single decision you make in your life right. so i think we kind of got a little bit of pushback about like well you should be focusing on not wasting and being mindful about your choices with what type of thing you're drinking out of or whatever and the plastics in the ocean we were just touching on such small areas that I think that people kind of took that as like that was generalized to every single choice. And that's definitely not our intention. So really what I what nails at home for me was Dr. Ritchie's point of we aren't in a position in our lives to make the perfect choice all the time. But if you could even just like connect with a basil plant in your apartment, if that's all it takes to just get you to see how things work, it's the mindset that matters in the long term. It's the mindset. So even just being present with a plant in your apartment, if that's all you can do, that's what we're going for. And I think that that's an totally. important piece is like, just look at the basics, like look at the basics of what you're doing. Know where your food is coming from. Don't go crazy and, and make your house like, you know, <laughs> a zero waste house. Like if that may not be realistic for anybody, but I think just connection is what we're looking for and connecting to your community and connecting to the food around you and connecting to the things that are in season. So I think I just want to reiterate that point that we weren't trying to be like this one-sided view. I mean, I was very amazed by a lot of the things he said because I was really wrong in a lot of my beliefs and it just made me think differently. And that's what we want for you guys and for us, for everyone, just open your mind. We want to open minds. That's all we want. I know. And I think it is just like that mentality behind bringing your reusable bag or, you know, yeah, saying no to a straw, like fine. Or, you know, starting a garden or whatever, like, you know, going up to the, at the farmer's market and actually having a conversation with the farmer and, hey, what, you know, what is it like to farm in this part of town? Like, where is your farm? What are, what are the right. things that you face in this area? Just being curious about it. And then that evolves into a greater mindset of, okay, when I am voting, I'm actually educated about these, maybe not, you know, educated and connected to these issues in a way that I feel like actually really makes me want to seek out voting for policies and laws and politicians who ha share those same values. Right. And ultimately, that is how we're going to move the needle. You know, that is how your individual choice can make a difference. And so it's not all or nothing. It's not one or the other. It's all of it right. as much as you can do. And it's also, there's no one answer. There's no perfect solution. There's no, there's no perfect right solution or wrong way no, to do it. Right. And that quote that he said about like, to every complex problem, there's a solution that is clear, simple and wrong. And that's just on all levels. And so people who yeah. maybe disagreed with the episode or had some beef with the episode, it's like, look, we're all wrong <laughs> here. We all just need to find that middle ground. We need to find the middle ground. We need to find the Venn diagram of life in all areas. Can we just live in that yeah. Venn diagram area? And so the overlapping area where we can agree and where we can make choices that are good for the planet, that's really all we're coming where we're coming from. So I just I I enjoyed it. It's made me think a lot differently about the choices that I make and making sure that I'm being mindful, mindful, present, and connected. I was laughing at you saying that people had beef with it. Ha ha ha. Anyway, yeah. And it's really made me think too about the way that I talk to people about these issues and what I can do to 
make it really seem approachable because I think that that's another big thing. You know, it's like with with regenerative agriculture, while the concept of regenerative agriculture for a lot of people is very new and even within, you know, the broader industry, but like General Mills is looking into regenerative agriculture, you know, like this is not just small scale local farms, but it can feel very like when you hear, oh, well, regenerative agriculture is really going to be what like gets us to that next point. It can feel really like overwhelming that, well, now if I don't make a, a choice, if I don't eat food that's regeneratively farmed, then I'm the problem. And I think it's the other thing that I really took away from this episode was the the just millions of different ways that one person or that different people in a community, individuals in a community can take in the same information and what they take away from that. Totally. And, totally. you know, totally. that it's every single person is coming to this conversation from a different place, whether you have your own background in this industry, whether you have no background in this, in this industry. And, you know, I'd say industry, but sort of in this subject, whether you have no background, whether you are somebody who, you know, feels really overwhelmed already by this, or whether you're somebody who is actively looking for, for other things to add to their plate to tackle this subject. Everybody just is coming at this from a different angle. And it does, it can feel so kind of panicky, like Mm -hmm. global warming and climate change and sea trash and, you know, all of these things are huge problems. And so when we sit down and say, okay, what can we do? It can feel really kind of panicky. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that it's just so interesting. It was so interesting to me how different people took in that information and what they did with that. Well, just like with anything, there's different opinions, right? There's different opinions. And I think what is overwhelming is there's millions and millions and millions of us. And the fact that we are naive to think that we're all going to agree on one solution is really stupid. (laughs) I'm speaking for myself. Like, we're not all going to agree that one solution. But I think is going to help move the needle is that we all are thinking about it in some way, shape or form. And so whether people agree with plastic straws used, yes or no, bottles, plastics, you know, going to a local farmer, eating meat or not eating meat, I truly don't care. What I think is, again, the Venn diagram middle, can we all just meet in the middle somewhere? Because there isn't one solution. I don't think there's one solution. And the problem is so large that if we can all just put our energy towards something, that will make a difference. So that's kind of I think too that we're I, we're going at a we're going about it the wrong way, thinking we're all supposed to meet in this like middle ground of agreement, and that's just not the case. It's a middle ground of at least we're trying to move and we're wanting to change the world and make it a better place, and that's really what matters. So I feel like I'm getting a little preachy, but that's you know it's like a religion. It it really is like a religion for people. People take this very seriously, sometimes very personally. The way they eat, he said, you know, it's like a religion. It's very true. People are very passionate about it and they have reasons behind it. And so I want to be sensitive to that. And I think we're all trying to to accomplish the same goal. I I'm pretty sure no one listening to this podcast wants to, you know, have the world crumble in ashes because it's ruined by humans. 
pretty sure no one wants that. So just do what you can to find the research that makes sense to you and to find the solutions that make sense to you. But thank you to everyone who wrote in with your feedback. It's really important to have these conversations. And thank you to everyone who was a little hesitant when they saw the title of the podcast and they're like, what is Joy and Claire doing? Are you guys are going to be like hippies now? Well, yes, we are hippies. We live in Colorado, but... um, Everyone listened with an open mind, and I just appreciate that because I know you guys come to this podcast for humor and lightness, and sometimes we just want to talk about the things that we're also passionate about, and they're not always light and funny. So thank you guys for sticking with us through it all. Okay, do we want to stop and take a quick break for this week's sponsor? Yeah, Comrade Socks is back, guys. We're so excited. They are back with a vengeance. Oh my gosh. Your like Adderall voice, your Adderall song just cracks me every time. Comradesocks.com. St. Patrick's Day is coming up, you guys. And so they have St. Patty's Socks. And if you are the type of person that does fun St. Patrick's Day races or goes to fun St. Patrick's Day events and you dress up in green, don't be the person in the office too that doesn't have any green on. This is a great way to still be professional, but you got your green socks on. You can support the podcast by going to comradesocks.com. The discount code is JOY. That's J-O-Y. Comradesocks.com. The discount code is JOY. Please support the podcast by supporting Comrade Socks. Great compression socks, great styles, great quality. I love these. I wear them all the time to work because they're so professional looking. And sometimes compression socks, you can feel like they're a little more sporty, but these are a wide range of styles. And I think you guys are really going to like them. So thank you for supporting us. And I always like to bring up that they come in a wide calf option as well. So if you are somebody who's like, well, I'd love to, you know, casually wear compression socks, but it feels like I'm like getting my circulation cut off every time you should try comrade socks because they do have a wide calf option, which for people who are athletic or just, you know, I, for the first time, I have the wife. Yeah. I have the wide calf. option. I've never had that problem. Not that problem, but I've never had considered myself to have wide calves. calves. And then I bought a pair of Uh of boots off Poshmark and I tried to put them on and they wouldn't go on. And I was like, what? So Mm -hmm. I'm, I am new to this community. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, but, (laughs) (laughs) but comrade socks have a wide cap option, which we love. So yeah, discount code joy, just support the podcast, get yourself some really nice compression socks. Lovely. Okay, let's talk about food and the meal that we had in Los Angeles and our trip till. Let's talk about Los Angeles, Los Angeles, which I hate myself for saying that, but I got. (laughs) I loved our trip to Los Angeles this this month. When did we go? February. We're recording this on March 1st. I'm still kind of thrown off by leap day, but we went a couple weekends ago and it was a blast. We went for the Create and Cultivate Conference, which if you're not familiar, it is just kind of like this fun influencers conference day extravaganza. They've been putting them on for years and I think they hold... I want to say like five or six a year in different locations. So you can go to createandcultivate.com. They do not sponsor the show. But if you want some information, it's a great place to connect with female entrepreneurs and just really have a day of inspiration and fun and glam. So Claire and I decided last year, we were like, we really want to go to one of these. Let's pick a date. Oh my gosh, they're having one in LA. Duh. So we stayed at this cute Airbnb in Venice with with two of the cutest dogs I've ever seen. We scheduled, thank you to Tilly, our great friend who also did the cupcakes for our 300th episode party. And And our 200th episode episode party. Yeah. And maybe our episode party. Yeah. yeah, If you're in Denver and you need baked goods, her Instagram is Treats by Tilly. 
She's the best. Yep. She's the best. And uh, she connected us with someone who works at Matza and we got reservations for the restaurant. Why don't you tell the listeners how, how you fell in love with this restaurant? Because it's really yeah. from you and your love for Nancy on Chef's, Chef's Palette? Chef's, Chef's Table. Table. Yep. <laughs> so if you guys watch Chef's Table, if you don't, you should. It's like, Guys, I don't recommend shows, right? That's not my that's not my topic. No, you only recommend Harry Potter things. I only recommend or Harry Potter Queer things. Eye or the Great British Baking yeah. Show. So, so if top you, three. If you, like me, cannot handle situational anxiety on television, you and you can only watch Great British Baking Show or Queer Eye, might I suggest that you also add Chef's Table into your rotation. And if you haven't watched Chef's Table, it's been out for a while. I think they have like six or seven seasons and it's like those mini, mini Netflix documentaries. They're all about an hour long and all they all profile a different famous chef. And most of them are Michelin star chefs. And and it's so beautifully shot. It's the it's gorgeous. The, they're so well done. The music is great. The interviews Ugh, are great. It's gorgeous. And yeah. they're most of them are focused on chefs who in one way or another are sort of modernizing some sort of regional cuisine. And so it's like, you know, the chef from Russia who's like remodernizing eating moose cheeks because the Soviet Union like totally. wiped out all their culinary interest. And or there was like one guy that like lived in this cabin. Like it's crazy. There's just the most Yeah, that guy's crazy. Scenario. So scenarios. there and like there's one that's like a monk. She's a there's a woman who's a monk in South Korea and she's this like world class chef, but she just cooks for the people in the in the convent. It's just amazing. So you guys really yeah, got to check yeah. it out if you haven't watched it already. Most people have. This is not like a secret. It's not like Claire's secret Netflix thing. Like it's very popular. It's been around for a long time. Yes. And one of the episodes, I forget which season, it's probably like season two or three, is about Nancy Silverton, who is the one who owns the this restaurant that we went to. So she owns two restaurants and I think now even three on the same block in LA and they're Oster- Osteria Moza and the Pizzeria Moza and we went to the first one and it Oster- is yeah. Yeah, and it was so good. And it's so pasta. We were lucky enough to get reservations. So we were lucky enough to get a reservation. We and like got there super early. We're like waiting outside for it to open. Literally, we're waiting outside the door for it to open. And we get it. We the get first inside. people in. Yeah. And we were like, we have a reservation. They're like, yeah, no shit. You have to have a reservation. <laughs> we're like, okay, thank you. Um, so we sat down and we're looking at the menu and it's like, you know, we don't know. Like we're like, we're like, I knew that they had different types of mozzarella, which I was excited about, but I didn't really know even what that meant. I knew they had pasta. We were looking at the entrees. We're like looking at the wine list. Like I don't even know what most of these types of wine are. Like these yeah, are not, you know, it's not like, would you like a Pinot Noir or a Chardonnay? No. It's like these There's Italian no, wines like, you've never even heard of. It was <laughs> like, here's your options. And yeah. I just looked at the cocktail list. I'm like, I'm going with a cocktail because I can't even read the wine list, which is a good thing because it's like, this is the real deal. Yeah. And it was so great. So yeah. it was so great. But also I would like to just head this off. Because not had it off, but Brandon, when we got home, he was like, okay, listen, I know that this is in my business because this was like a podcast adventure, but how much was your dinner? And I was like, honestly, it was cheaper than my, than Brandon and my like Valentine's day dinner. It was under $200. It was under $200. Yeah. 
And I just wanted to throw that out there. Like a life-changing, under $200 for a life-changing experience. Yeah. Like this is not like it was like, oh, you have to have, you know, $500 per person to go to this restaurant. It was, the prices were very reasonable for, it was, you know, like an upper end restaurant. It was less, way less than you would expect, especially in Los Angeles, especially for like a famous chef, especially for a Michelin star. Like it was very approachable. So yeah. Everything about it was great. I'm not going to go play by play, but basically, I want to go. I want to go really quick with our how much I loved our waiter. Well, I was just about to say we had the best waiter. Yeah, the entire wait staff was so good. (laughs) The the thing about really good wait staff is they anticipate your every need. So that was them and beyond. And our waiter, first of all, he reminded me of one of Scott's best friends. And I kept texting Scott. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy reminds me exactly of Matt Wenzel. And he was the most lovely human. I wish we could. I think his name was Michael. I wish so bad that we could, like, talk to him again. I want to be friends with him. He was, like, the most helpful person. <laughs> he was the best. And he was just, he. when Claire was, like, asking him questions, she was like, let's get down to business. Like, we're here for an experience. And he's like, here's what I'm going to tell you. Like, he did not mess around. And and yet, he, you could tell he was like, he didn't want to overstep. And so right. every recommendation that he would give, so we were like, okay. So first of all, he walked up and I was like, what are these wines? Like, tell me about what this even says. And he was like, yeah, so these are the rosés. Like, and, and I was like, so he, he basically picked out my wine for me. Great. Then we moved on to the appetizers and we were like, okay, we want this like mozzarella tasting thing. He was like, okay, that's really good. But by, from what I hear, like what you're going for, I think actually what you want is this thing. And we're like, okay, great. And he's like, well, don't take my word for it. We're like, well, of course right. we're going to take your word for it. <laughs> well, you work yeah. here. And I think he I don't didn't speak want Italian. to like, give the, I think, yeah, <laughs> I think he didn't, I mean, with every good waiter, they don't want to give the impression that anything is on the menu is bad. But I think what he was trying to do was like, I get what these girls are going for. And here's going to make your night the best by ordering these things. Yes. And it was just so sweet because you could tell he was n- trying not to be like, okay, if my boss found out I was saying, don't eat this, but eat that, he didn't want to get in trouble. And I'm like, look, yeah. we understand that everything on this menu is phenomenal, but you're just and that's catering. why like, we have this That's why we need you. That's, that's why, why we, we need, need you. you is because we can't go wrong, but like right. we want it to like, here's what we're going for. So we ended up ordering the oxtail ragu and the um, some something and egg yolk raviolo, which one raviolo, many ravioli. So just like one giant ravioli basically. And then, but the most important thing I think was the Caesar salad. It was so good. It was life changing. And I just. I want to actually take the photo that you took of it and I want to frame it and I want to put it on my wall as a reminder (laughs) of what life needs to be like at all times was that Caesar salad. The oxtail ragu also, I was like, so there's this like switch that flips when I eat something that's so good that I can't even comprehend how good it is. And I just start laughing. Like I just giggle while I eat it. And this, that was happening while I was eating that. I was like, this was, it wasn't heavy somehow, like pasta and meat sauce, but it wasn't heavy. It was so just like bright. It was so good. So it was, was, and I posted about this on Instagram, but I did really appreciate as we were sitting there, the fact that we were just like going ham on some pasta and not worrying about it. Remember the time that the guy, no, the guy, this was my favorite. This is like my favorite moment, like related to that Instagram post. Yes. The entire, because I've been reading so much uh, of the intuitive eating book, which so many of you guys ask, it is just called intuitive eating. Intuitive eating by Evelyn Trebol. 
So you can message us about it. I'll just send you the link to her Instagram. But everyone is like, what's that intuitive eating book? I'm like, it's called Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Tribble. So co-authored. And so related to that post, like I was kind of going into the weekend with this mindset of like, okay, I've been so focused on like choosing the healthiest things on the menu. It's like that default that we're like, what's going to make me feel the lightest or, you know, the healthiest. And I just wanted to throw all that out the window, be like, what do I really want to eat? And so going into this meal, I was like, I'm just going to be here. I'm going to be pre- be present. And the guy walks up with this beautiful ba- uh, basket of bread to start us off. It wasn't even and a basket. It was like a giant a slab. Pallet of bread. A pallet of bread is really what I would describe yes. it as. And then, okay, so my favorite moment. So we're going through the meal. The the Caesar salad was truly life-changing. You may ask, why would a Caesar salad be life-changing? Claire, remind me, let's post a picture of it because you have the photo. I do not. I feel like I can't even, like, if you look at it, though, you're like, yeah, it's yeah, a big you, deal. Even but, if like, you look at it, but it was just... The it sum was just is greater. The, the so, total is greater than some of its parts. It was so good. It was so good, and it was... I can't even d- describe it. It was so good. I just remember every bite. I just went to a different place in the world. And so we're eating this meal. And what was the dish where we had all of this beautiful sauce left? And we're like, oh. The brown butter don't... egg yolk raviolo. Brown. It was like brown soaked. and butter. That's what it was. Brown and butter. Was soaked in Two brown words butter. that I will always. <laughs> yeah. So soaked in brown butter. And then the top, when you cut into it, it cracked like a fried egg. Which yeah, I was one hundred percent not expecting. I, I like went to go cut it in half because Joy and I were sharing everything, and I was like, "It just like egg yolk everywhere." And I was like, "Oh, yeah. that's what they meant by egg yolk." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're sitting there, and again, wait staff phenomenal, and everyone is just passing by. What do you need? Our waiter's like, "How you doing? How is it?" We're like, "It's perfect." He's like, "Great. See you later." I mean, <laughs> I just love him so much. I just will never forget it. But the moment that I just almost died was when we're sitting there and it's this plate with the egg yolk kind of sitting there with all the, we'd eaten the ravioli or we'd eaten the pasta and there's still some like beautiful sauce there. And we're just kind of staring at the sauce. Like, do we sip this sauce? And not even two seconds later, the bread basket, the bread pallet returns. And he's like, would you like some bread to soak up your sauce? And Claire was like, how did you know I needed a vessel to put this sauce in my mouth? And you have delivered the vessel. And I've never been happier. (laughs) (laughs) And we were, yeah, it was just, but yeah, it was so like, it was so great to not be like, oh, you know what? No, I'm not eating bread. I don't do bread. I don't do do bread. No, I freaking do bread. Bring that bread pallet over here. Everyone needs to do bread. And everyone, every once in a while, just, you just got to do bread. It was great. Oh, it was I really so appreciated great. like, I, and I posted about that on Instagram where it was like, you know what? Four years ago, we yeah. never would have yeah. even considered making a reservation at a restaurant like that because it would have been like, this is too risky. Yeah. Risky. Too risky. I don't it's have like, the macros for it. I don't have the macros for know. it. Like, it, yeah. And like, even a couple of years, like two years ago, maybe we would have maybe gone but we would have ordered we wouldn't have ordered two pasta dishes that's for sure and the whole rest of the day leading up we would have been like oh we should just you know eat light stuff cuz we're going to get ready for this dinner and that way we would have been like thinking that that was reasonable and that we needed to restrict earlier in the day to get ready for this meal and 
this is not the type of meal, guys, that like you're going to eat maybe even more than once in your life. C- correct. And so, yeah. you know, I'm, I, what I'm, I'm not saying like you should not, you know, you shouldn't balance your food intake throughout the day in your daily life. But like the fact that, you know, as recently as a year or two ago, we would have avoided completely or at least made ourselves feel really stressed out about the idea totally. of exp- of having this like once in a lifetime dinner and we wouldn't have just been able to see that as this special occasion that like we don't need to freak out about no. that to me was like man was we so... really like so many people are missing out on these experiences yeah. because they're like you know even a year ago when i was doing keto i would have been like well i can't eat that because it's going to ruin my metabolism like one dinner is not going to ruin your metabolism so it just was a great perspective. It was a, a moment where I could reflect on like, wow, we've come a long way yeah. in that we're here, we're able to, and but we're also not justifying it. We're not saying, no, well, no, it's just no. one dinner, so I'm going to like go crazy. But it just like, it didn't cross our minds, at least for me. It barely right. crossed my mind no. until after the fact. Where it, it didn't like, cross my mind. Yeah. Yeah. The experience and that presence, I feel like is something that is way more important while you're enjoying food than to be so structured around food, if that makes sense. So if, if you're trying to be very structured, like we've all been structured, quote unquote, good, quote unquote, healthy, I feel like that does more damage in the long run than it does to just, again, come from an intuitive eating. And I am basing it off of the book of listening to your body, being present, listening to what you like, what you don't like, and being in a moment that was so memorable is way healthier for your mind, body, and soul than trying to restrict so much and trying to control everything that comes in and out of your mouth that control food that like goes into your body. And so I feel like that was just that I I will never forget that meal. That was so memorable. I saw Patton Oswalt walk by, if you're not familiar with that comedian. He's he's just like one of my favorite people, one of my favorite humans. And so we're like sitting there having dinner. And I'm like, oh my God, Pat Nozzle just walked by and he like went to his table in the corner. I'm sure he eats there like every weekend. And that just like kind of capped the night for me. I was like, this is going to be such a fun weekend. And yeah, so I just want to reiterate too, like that was so, that was such a powerful, I think, weekend for me on a lot of levels. Like on a side note, I got to go see my grandmother's grave. Um, she, her She's buried like 10 minutes from where we were staying. And my mom was like, you should go see grandma. And I hadn't gone to her grave since she passed away. She passed away when we had like the service in Arizona. And um, she's buried in California next to my grandfather. So I hadn't actually gone to her gravesite yet. And I was like, well, maybe Claire will go. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And I was totally avoiding it because I didn't want to cry. And of course, I was like bawling my eyes out when we got there. And I was like, I don't want to call call my mom. I was going to FaceTime her at the gravesite. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I'm going to bawl my eyes out. And Claire was like, I mean, having a big emotional release is like not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. But it was so just, I feel like there were so many things in that weekend with like going to see my grandmother, Claire helping me pick out flowers for the, the gravesite you know, the dinner that we had that was just kind of like so present and enjoyable. And then the create and cultivate, which was really fun. I mean, what was your impressions of that whole day? Like give everyone kind of like a synopsis of like what it's supposed to be. I mean, it it basically is just a day where it's completely full for 12 hours of speakers. And the speakers range from people like Jessica Simpson and Anthony from Queer Eye to like, you know, there was a woman there who... um 
spoke on a panel and also was like a, our like small group leader for this mentorship thing who is the um the head of small business small in North America for, for MasterCard. MasterCard. So it kind of, you know, it really everything in between. Most of the people I yeah. would say were um either like media related in some way, like either they have a podcast or, you know, like the girl from uh, Katrina from Tone It Up was there, like those types of people, or they were business, you know, women in in business who have made it a part of their career to be really involved in mentoring. So that was really cool. And I think it also was just a very over the top, quote unquote, influencer event. And so we're we're looking for parking and everyone walking around is like, wearing the exact same thing practically there were so many pastel pantsuits with like oversized blazers it was insane like i didn't even know Mm -hmm. one of those was a thing like everyone had them on so guys apparently that's the next big thing pastel pantsuits oversized blazers i I really wish i would have photographed all the outfits i saw so many so so many many outfits that i've never seen before that I was like, wow, if I lived here, I would so be wearing every single one of these things. But I live in Colorado and we don't do that here. <laughs> so I was like, So that was the thing is it was oh, like a giant yeah. building full of probably like four or five hundred or three or four hundred Los Angeles, like Southern California influencers. So yep. there were also a lot of moments where I was like, wow, this is not real life. And totally. You know, and so it was really interesting. I think the biggest thing that I took away from it was nobody really knows what they're doing in this kind of mm-hmm. quote unquote influencer space. I don't know why I keep saying quote unquote, but just if you're an the influencer space, yeah. If you are someone who is even remotely in the influencer space, like this is not our full-time job podcasting as you guys know. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I barely lump us into that category because I think of influencers as people who like, this is their job. It's their livelihood. Right. And for us, that's not the case. Like this is a passion project and a hobby. And like, yeah, we do, you know, make a little bit of income from our sponsorships, but like we still have our full-time jobs. And just to realize that there are so many people out there who are making a full-time job out of completely uncharted territories that they are truly making it up as they go along and just hoping that it works out. It's just an interesting, like, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Like, truly. It's so interesting. (laughs) And a lot of the panels talked about that and how women have built to where they are now. And I think that's the thing is it's such uncharted territory that a lot of the panels talked about the house for them. But what Claire and I kind of realized was like, no one really knows what they're doing. They just kind of keep working and keep at it and keep following what their passion is. And I think that that is something we can all relate to. But I think there's there's also kind of this... um, because the influencer world is so new that we don't really know where it's going. We don't know what the next big big thing is. And a lot of people probably feel alone. So if anything, you kind of feel like you're in it together and all of these women are really, really working their butts off to make big things happen. But, you know, I think what I maybe expected was to, to kind of like have more tangible things that we could do. And while we did leave with that, I think the more I felt more confident leaving that we're like, oh, we're on the right track by listening to all of these women speak. And we had like, like I said, we had a panel with Anthony was on it and the Tone It Up Girls and a couple of people from like the, the Lady Gang podcast. We had a great mentorship session with Ginger from the MasterCard small business department. And so the, you know, and then there's like the fun glam part of it. it you really, I really felt like I was in, episode, in an episode of The Hills where they're like at this great event center and there's 
sponsors and vendors everywhere giving out free makeup or free yeah, we products. Got, like, we our got hair huge, done. We got yeah. our makeup done by just like swag this, bag. This guy who literally was Damien from Mean Girls and he goes, is that your natural hair color? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, it's gorgeous. And I was like, is this what you want? <laughs> are you, are you, are you meaning to literally say the exact same things that Damien says in his voice? Or is this just like, you're him? Right. Right. Like if you I were to say, was, right, we're too gay to function, then you're like, wait, if he hasn't seen Mean Girls, then I feel like a hundred percent. I almost right. posted about it on Instagram right. and I was like, oh my gosh, my makeup guy is too gay to function. But then I was like, maybe that's only okay when Janice says it. Right. <laughs> that's totally okay when Janice says it. But it was so fun because I, you know, I had my makeup already done. I did my makeup that morning, which by the way, I'm like loving Bobby Brown right now. Bobby Brown is where it's at with, I'm not, I'm stepping away from some glitter for now, doing some more natural looks. And the guy was like, your makeup looks beautiful. Like, thank you. And did our hair. So we felt fabulous. I was like, do the biggest hair that you can do. I really want big hair. It was just a great day. We met a lot of people. We took a lot, a lot of great photo ops. Noor was there. I wanted to say hi to Noor. Uh, if you follow her, she's an amazing person, does great work, did an amazing podcast called Sold in America. Highly recommend listening to that. So all in all, I felt like I walked right by Jessica Simpson. It was so bizarre. Like there's there's times that weekend where I'm like, I've seen so many celebrities. Oh, Anthony wa- walked right by us too. Like the whole weekend was kind of like a surreal LA moment. But at the end of the day, we're all just people. We're all just trying to work so hard to do what we love. And that's kind of what I took away from it. And along with some great mascara on the way home. Like totally swag bag with great products. <laughs> It definitely is like we're all I think like that's the biggest thing that I've taken away even just from having this podcast is that no one out there is truly any different from anyone else that you know. Like we're all just people we have, you know, we all have different opinions. We're all just worried that nobody's going to like us. Yeah. And honestly, celebrities are the most worried about that. Mm -hmm. Like for for every thought that you have of like, oh, my gosh, what if I mess up? What if that person doesn't like me? Celebrities are 10 times as worried about that. So if anything, you know, I just like I've ever since we've like when we had Bob Harper on, anytime we've had any on our on Girls Gone Wild, anytime we'd have like a quote unquote big CrossFit celebrity, which CrossFit like is not big. But anytime we'd have someone on, it would always I would always just think like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so crazy. And then they we'd talk to them. We'd be like, oh. And sometimes they'd be like, oh, they weren't that interesting, actually. Right. Yeah. There were a couple <laughs> And you people build like, them up in your really head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You build them up in your head as like, oh my gosh, they're this like larger than life. And then you actually interview them or talk to them or meet them. And you're like, oh, you're just like a totally normal person. Okay. But it was a lot of fun. I had a great, it was like a memorable trip. And we, we just had such a good time. I have to ask you really quick, because you watched Cheer, right? Like speaking of shows. I did. We're going into some review corner real quick. And I just want to be like, how did you handle that emotionally? Because that was like, it's kind of a stressful show. I I had to know what happened. Mm. So someone told you to watch it. It's not even that that someone told me. So so yeah, my sister-in-law told me to watch it. And then as soon as I like, I started looking at people on Instagram and I was like, oh, well, you can just tell by looking at their past Instagrams, obviously how this ends. Okay. So and you so had to know the ending. I had to know it. the ending. I, I like. Okay. And and then once I knew the ending, I could relax. And <laughs> okay. but it, it didn't so take away was, from it. That's the thing. Okay. Is like most people are like, okay. how could you? For me, it actually like it allows Enhanced. me to enjoy it. Okay. Because if I don't know the ending, then I'm so stressed out that I don't care what's happening. I just want to know what how sure. it ends. Well, maybe so if I know the, the ending, to getting you to watch movies. Yeah, just like, tell me how just it tell ends, the and premise. then I can relax. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad. So. 
I may have to make you watch like one episode of Love is Blind. Everyone was freaking out about the show. I've seen it on Netflix. I'm not going to go into like a whole hour about this, although I probably could because it's freaking fascinating. But you know, I love to watch The Bachelor with my husband. We love doing the fantasy league. We do like our own little fantasy league with a group of friends. And it's almost the end of this season's of Bachelor. So I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth to watch another reality show about love. But my best friend was telling me about it. All my friends are watching it. I'm seeing like all my favorite comedians on Instagram posting about it. So I'm like, dang it, this must be and, and then a lot of my favorite podcasts are talking about it, like people I actually respect, not like just in a funny, like gossipy way. And I was like, well, shit, I got to watch this show because everyone I know that and respect is watching it. I've watched it and I've freaking watched all of them. And I'm so embarrassed to admit it. But I binge watched the whole show this weekend and it is freaking crazy. So I know you're probably not going to invest your time in this, but no spoilers. But the basis What's the premise. Is, yeah, the premise. Yeah. So if you have watched it, great. If you have not, I'm just going to give you the premise. I won't give spoilers because it really is like worth watching. But the premise is it's so weird. First of all, Nick Lachey and his wife, Vanessa, host it, but they host it in a way that's like they're only in it for like a minute and then you like never see them again. So they host it at the beginning. They're like, is love blind? So the whole premise is they take these singles and it's all off of like heterosexual relationships. They take 10 guys and 10 girls and they put them in these pods where it's almost like you're talking to each other in a, in like a closed bathroom door or whatever. Like you can't see the other person. So they're sitting in these pods and there's like a frosted glass in between where they're just hearing each other's voices and you start to whittle down who you like based off of your relationship just by voices only. So you have no idea what this person looks like. You know nothing else about them physically and you're just going off of the personality. And so they start off the show with you know, whittling down these people, and then they actually propose within like five days. It's that's where it gets nutty. <laughs> that's where it gets nutty. So you're like, what? This is so stupid. This is not going to work. So they propose to these people. Does it work? Does it not work? And then it goes off into like the whole, like, I think there's 10 episodes. They're all, they're an hour long. So this was freaking 10 hours of my life that I'll never get back, but I actually am like glad I watched it, that they go through like a honeymoon and then they go through uh, living together and then they like end it after six weeks with either someone gets married or does not get married. So you can tell the producers, like everything's very much like you have to go through this honeymoon, you have to go through this living situation and you have to go through a wedding. And the drama of it is like at the altar, do they say yes or no? It's so freaking weird. But like the way that it's shot reminds me of the real world plus the hills plus the bachelor, which is like three of my favorite shows. So <laughs> it just I was in. I was totally sucked in. Okay, not not to not to um incite a spoiler, but right. does anyone say yes at the altar? Yes. yes. No. Yeah. What is and wrong actually, with people? Like it's actually my favorite couple and I Oh my God. Yeah. It's it, it, like the, the one couple that I wanted to get married, got married. And I was like, Oh my God, because I, I like wanted to drop my life and like go run after this guy. That's how cute he is. I'd be like, Scott would be okay with this. Like Scott would like this guy. I'm totally kidding you guys. But it's like, that's how much you connect to these people. Like they're like, they're like really likable. And I think what I like about this show is the people are not overly done up Hollywood. Like they look like real people. They look like just humans are like, let's try this experiment. And that's the other funny thing is they refer to this whole show about an, they call it, call it the experiment. So like the titles, like 
five days into the experiment. Is love blind? This um, is and so, then some like, couples, it doesn't work out. Some couples, I mean, it. The, here's the funny thing is like, it truly go plays off the fantasy of like love and, and fairy tales, but they also show that like, shit gets real. And after you start to live together, everyone's got their phones back, life gets in the way. I'm like, yeah, relationships are hard, guys. This is not how life works. And that's where I think at the beginning, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so stupid. If you can't hold it together for six weeks, like, come on, guys. That mm-hmm. six weeks is not real life. No, it's that not real life. That is so but, weird. Yeah. So it's really kind of funny because I could just see the producers being like, okay, what's the most dramatic, ridiculous scenarios yes. that we could throw these people into and call it a show? And at the end, do they say yes or do they? You can tell the families because they like. there's a point where they meet the families. and Oh, no. Oh, man, it is power packed. They're absolutely going to do another season of this because it was so insane. It's like it's so insane that when you first watch it, you hate yourself for watching it but then you really like the people <laughs> you love you fall in love with the characters you do I was like oh my gosh I love this person oh my gosh this girl's a hot mess oh my gosh this girl's so cool but we'll see time will tell I mean i I don't know we'll see if they do like a second season but I just I think what I found the funniest was Nick Lachey and his wife popping right, in who were there maybe for like one every <laughs> maybe one every five episodes like they probably only got to go to like the fun places because they went to Cancun for the honeymoon and you could see Nick and Vanessa you know they're in Cancun for a minute and I'm sure the producer's like we'll pay you a million dollars just to be in two minutes of this episode right and they're like <laughs> and you'll get crazy. to go to Cancun they're like okay fine the other thing That's that I was a little worried about is like half of this whole show they are all just wasted like just of course to get through this they're constantly drinking and I'm like I'm a little worried about this substance abuse but okay Uh, red Um, flag red flag Mm, okay oh that's very silly um that's Joy's review corner of love is blind I was gonna say I'm headed out this week to Expo West Ooh, which we're a little worried about uh I feel a little worried about being at a trade show with a hundred thousand people when a virus pandemic is oh my gosh yes And yeah, so I will say there was a good um, video that I watched. And by the time that you guys hear this, this might be completely irrelevant because who knows what's going to happen in the next five days. But uh, if you go to the TED Instagram, there's a video on there and it's the um, cover of the video is just like a red box. And it says like six questions about the coronavirus, six questions and answers about the coronavirus from public health expert David Heyman. And it's a video where it it walks through these six different questions. And I found it to be very helpful and informative. It's not scary. I mean, he's being very realistic. He's an expert on this topic. But the video itself is not scary. It actually felt a little bit reassuring that like, just because we don't know everything doesn't mean this is a worst case scenario. So if you are having a lot of anxiety about coronavirus, which I think we all are having some anxiety about coronavirus right now. I definitely, it was a very quick little video thing that I felt was really helpful. But anyway, if in case anyone the, the daily else also is actually, did it. oh, did they have the same kind of thing? Yeah. The Daily did one that was really good too. Yeah. Kind of told both sides, talked talked about a lot of facts, which I think everyone would find helpful. Yeah. Because I just feel like there's so much, when you, when you hear about this type of thing, it's so easy to go to worst case scenario thinking and very dramatic. We've all seen the movies. And like, I think in a lot of other aspects of our daily life, we understand that the separation between what the media tells us versus what is real. 
But in this case, we really don't have that because like none of us have firsthand experience with it. And Mm -hmm. what I wish they would do, I don't know who the PR person for coronavirus is, but I wish that they would go interview people who have recovered from it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Like I, well, that's what I want. I want like a huge New York Times series about people who had it. It wasn't that bad. They recovered and now they're living their lives. Like let's hear what it's like for, you know, the 97% of people who are going back, you know, who are not even going to the hospital or who are going back home. Right. Because I think that would really help people feel better about it. The head of our nursing department was talking the other day and she's like, you guys don't panic. Just have good hand hygiene, wash your hands, do everything that you would do to prevent a cold. And this really at this time is, and this is just, again, this is like as of two weeks ago, she's like, this is really something that is a threat to people with weakened immune system, the elderly, people who just would normally be more susceptible to getting sick. So, you know, don't panic, but really also practice good hand hygiene is how she kept saying it. Good hand hygiene. Don't touch your face. Make sure that you're, you know, just trying to stay as healthy as possible. But I agree. I think just do your research and don't read all of the scary, uh, panicky things. But I think the Daily did a good job. And Claire's TED post, I think, was really good, too. So yeah. And I think also, like, yourself. be... Be realistic. You know, like Brandon and I, since I am going to this trade show, we've talked about like the worst case scenario is that I'm going to get quarantined in Anaheim for two weeks. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that would mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and what would we do and who would we call and what do we, you know, so we went, went out and bought a bunch of extra like diapers and formula of like, what are the things that we need to have in our house if for some reason I, you know, I came home and then we found out that our whole family had to be quarantined in the home for two or three weeks. You know, what do Mm -hmm. we need in the house to make that work? Because of your flying. And I think right now, probably the biggest risk maybe flying because you're in this tiny little Well, flying, but also this trade show. Like it's a hundred thousand person trade show. And you know, there's tons of people, there's food samples that are going to be out. Like there's, I mean, this is a very, in my opinion, a high risk event. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of, there's been a lot of pressure. I like, I work for the company that puts on the event and, you know, so of course I can't speak Mm -hmm. for that company, but you know, there, there's been a ton of people on social media saying, you know, you guys need to cancel it. And you know, the company that I work for is very much talking hourly with the government, you know, of Anaheim. It's located literally across the room, Disneyland. Disneyland is still open. You know, really, they're like taking right. a lot of cues from what else is going on in the area. And also, it just feels like I'm at the point where I'm sort of like, I'm I'm walking into this more or less assuming that I will be exposed in the next week to this. And if, it, if that doesn't happen, great. But I can't, I really, at the rate that this is going, I don't know how it's not going to happen. Right. And, you know, and then we have a, I have a trip coming up in a month where we're supposed to go see my grandparents and I was going to take Evie and it's like, maybe we don't do that. Or maybe we drive instead of fly because in that scenario, if, if one of us were to be exposed in the airport and then take it to my grandparents' house, like my grandparents probably would not recover from coronavirus. Mm -mm. And so, you know, these are just the types of things that you want to have both perspectives of, okay, let's really think about what. The fact that this is not Ebola, this is not bird flu, you know, that has a 95% mortality rate, but sit with your loved ones and talk through, okay, what are some worst case scenarios and what can we do? What are some practical things that we can do that will make us feel a little bit more prepared buying extra diapers or whatever? Right, right. And I mean, I was kind of like my husband was talking to my father-in-law yesterday and he was like searching for masks and I'm like, really? But... (laughs) 
<laughs> but I'm like, this is a big deal. And especially for elderly and especially for, you know, people, it's, I think the first reaction that I had was like, oh, it's not going to come to the US. Eh, it came to the US pretty quickly. And so <laughs> it's like, well, shit. You know, so I think like those are the things where I just try to be like, I'm not going to pay attention to the news, but informing yourself, making sure that you're putting yourself in situations that are, you know, not putting you at risk. But if you have to be in a situation where you might be at risk, just take the right precautions. But it is kind of a scary thing to yeah, see. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's a lot of things like we're seeing that are happening that aren't, you know, I wouldn't call them worst case scenarios, but that are very real possibilities like what if you know they decide to close certain schools for a couple of weeks what if they decide to close certain businesses or public transportation or cancel an event you were planning to go to like talk through that stuff like what would you have to do if your kid's school shut down for two weeks what you know what are the things that you would need to have in place that you can start get the ball rolling now and hopefully it won't come to that but you'll feel like, okay, well, we, you know, whatever the case may be, like we've talked, we've talked through that a little bit and there's a lot of what ifs. And I know that for me, the thing that makes me feel a little bit better is by saying, okay, maybe now's the time to update, not to be like scary, but maybe now is the time to like, Joy and I every single day are like, why don't I, I need a will. Yeah. uh, yeah. I don't have a freaking will. Like now's the time. Maybe this is, maybe this is the motivation that you need. And whether or not you get coronavirus, that's an important thing for you to have a will and life insurance, like go set that set up, maybe use this as your impetus to be like, you know what, it's going to make me feel a little bit better if I know. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. And it's impacting, it's impacting everything right now. I mean, the stock market suffered, it was like one of the biggest financial crisis since 2008, I think it was, yeah, it's a big deal. Like it's a big deal. So so not to be like doomsday prepper, I think yesterday, Scott and I were joking about that we were at Costco, and it was like crazy crowded. And Scott's like, people have two carts right now. What are they doomsday prepping? I'm like, no, maybe they just have a large family. It's not like, let's not, let's not panic oh. everybody. And like, I was at Target yesterday and people food. were, people were freaking out. Like there were multiple people walking around with carts completely full of like Clorox wow. and like isopropyl alcohol and like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's real. And it's, it's real. And people. I don't, it's, it's, it's fine to prepare. It is okay to be freaked out. This is a scary yeah. situation where, it yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah. Okay. So take care of yourselves, wash your hands. And if you're going to be at Expo West, come say hi, but don't give me a hug. Don't hug. Yeah. Don't I mean, hug. that's, I'm like, I'm already not a hugger. This is fine. I don't have to adjust my lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely not. All <laughs> right. Well, we covered a lot guys. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. You can go to comradesocks.com. The discount code is joy to get yourself a great pair of of St. Patty's Day socks if you're into that, or just a great pair of compression socks for your great legs. And even if you have wide calves like me. For your great legs. Calves, your it's great just like calves, a hug for your, your leg. When was the last time your, your leg got a hug? You know what? And my calves, I don't know if you can see my calves right now. No, Claire. I can't. No, uh-uh. I can't lift my leg that high. Uh, <laughs> not that flexible. These calves are from my mom's side of the family, and they deserve hugs too. So comradesocks.com. The discount code is joy. We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.